Hey campers, so welcome back to the old uh, the old uh, ranch camp no. camp and campsite there. Camp, camp excrement. Yeah, camp but, what, shit camp. Shit camp. It's it's, t- it's time <laughs> for shit camp, everyone. Hell yeah. Wow. Who doesn't like shit camp? Oh man. So, hello my fellow Sigma males. <laughs> Uh, today we're watching more literally me movies. Okay, so uh, before we okay, I'm Mayleets. Um, I'm, I'm Neo. Uh, uh, okay, before we get started, I have so many additional thoughts on this whole situation since the last time we've sat and talked about it. Yeah. Well, like because okay, naturally, whenever you come bolstering out there with some kind of opinion, people are going to uh, come. Uh, have opinions on your opinion and then that starts kind of what what i think hegel would describe as a dialectic mm-hmm. um and by dialectic i mean a lot of people yelling at me uh, <laughs> so uh so i've been thinking about uh shut the fuck, fuck up you. google oh, shut the fuck up all right wow Okay, Google. Wait, shit. Don't no, no, don't say that. Yeah, that's that's okay. the bad thing to wow. say. Wow. All right. <coughs> so my my bit is that people have asked us to intricately attempt to define what the fuck we're talking about when we're talking about a Sigma male slash literally me movie. What the fuck are we even talking about? And also, are we, is we are hypocrites for uh, judging people based on their taste in media while also saying that people shouldn't be judged on their taste in media? Uh, you have, you say that you want to be free from desire, yet you have all of these Funko Pops. I explain it. Well, okay, so I think that. For, I mean, okay, so for, first of all, to to kind of explain how at least I think we're gonna have slightly different opinions on what a Sigma male. And Absolutely. therefore, a Sigma male movie is probably because I'm way angrier today than you are. <laughs> that that's fair. Um, so I think my my take on a Sigma male is someone who a first off believes in that that bullshit like well, there's alpha and beta male like hierarchy, um, and they want to be an alpha, but they're introverted, and so and they don't want to be a beta because they 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 they're narcissistic, so they they have to invent. A third thing, which is sigma, um, and and then to further define that, I think an important clarification is that they have an unhealthy relationship with both themselves and the outside world, which drives them into isolation, which is just more damaging to them and their perception of reality. Okay, fair. I, I also, so, okay, I think there is self-prescription, and then there is uh, world prescription, which is to say there is... So when somebody defines themselves, right, as a sigma male, when they say, hello, I am a sigma male, uh-huh. like, that is a fairly rare thing. But where people, like, fa- fairly align themselves with the beliefs of some stupid idea, such as it being a sigma male, is where you get to... So it's it's more like criticizing someone for what like basically who i'm perceiving them to be based on a set of characteristics that they embody that uh also is embodied by a specific group and it seems like it's coming from a similar source uh-huh. so when i prescribe something as being sigma male i'm saying it comes across like it's made by one of these assholes you know what i mm-hmm. mean uh whereas like, do I think that these things actually identify themselves and align themselves that way? No, I don't think they have the self-awareness to do so, to right. be honest. So, I mean, sometimes, sometimes. <clears throat> but I think the statement goes, can somebody be a Sigma male and not know it? And I believe the answer is yes. So if the answer is yes, I can call people that. <laughs> and that's awesome. That's great for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but anyway, uh, jokes aside, to define this, um, this, this experience, the way that I have been cooking on it, because I've been really trying to think of a spicy definition, because I think, I think going out here and saying, like, 
Because, like, okay, on a, on, a, on a textual level, someone who's identifying as a Sigma male is basically saying that I only appreciate women who have uh, intricate, eloquent thoughts. That's, like, very literally the definitions. Mm-hmm. I only date women that are smarty pants because most women are stupid, and I only like to date smart women. You see what I mean? So it's like this passive misogyny thing, this passive I'm better than women thing. So that, this is how I would define it. I would define a Sigma male film or a literally me movie. The literally me thing is just literally a red flag in my mind. Yeah. But to define a Sigma male movie, it's a movie that is based around characters that either do or do not notice that they believe and are reinforcing and are practicing the belief that um, it's a man's world, it should continue to be a man's world, and women are an inconvenience toward it being a man's world. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I know that that is like a very broad definition, but I feel like the, the thing is most of these movies come from a distinctly male perspective, but it's not just a male perspective. It's a celebration of the male perspective. It's right. to say that the male perspective is, is good and default mm-hmm. and everything outside of the male perspective is either a challenge, a complication infantilized or something like that. So the, Really, it's 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 a very egocentric way of making entertainment. Right. So, whether through satire, irony, or not, like Fight Club, right, is about a guy who is reinforcing his idea that it's a man's world. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, the movie goes on to be very complicated in that, but the way that people react to the movie, right, is by going, yeah! It is a man's world, and these women are fucking up our lives, and minorities, and you know what I mean. Right. So, so like, it's this. This is the thing that kind of has a tendency to be in all of these movies. So, high fidelity, right? The the thing that someone said about high fidelity was that they believe that if if I'm out here saying that people should not necessarily build their their personality around their taste it's also inevitable that one would judge you based on your taste based on your actions which is to say that if someone is a sigma male i assume they like fight club pulp fiction you know what i mean yeah uh scott pilgrim right Mm -hmm. so in that way i am i am uh doing a hypocrisy sort of by labeling them based on their entertainment but also uh challenging the idea that uh these things should Except labels. So now I want to quickly pivot over to talking about the literally me thing. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that these movies demonstrate the concept of it being a man's world uh, by default and women being an inconvenience and minorities being an inconvenience to that fact. There is like a, there's a, there's a wide margin of people that are growing uh to endorse it specifically for that reason and are claiming it and saying, this literally represents me. Mm -hmm. And so the thing that I was challenging in the High Fidelity episode was that I don't think that you should watch A Clockwork Orange and go, damn, I should be Alex now for the remainder of my life. Yeah. Like that in my brain seems a little unhealthy. I don't know. Maybe a little unhinged to me. A little mm-hmm. feral. Uh, the the same could definitely go for pretty much any of these because, like, while fifty fifty, it's fucking satir like satirizing this perspective, mm-hmm. and they don't understand, and then go <laughs> literally me, yeah, like, um. <laughs> So it's it's basically just a red flag factor is my point there. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't necessarily be going out there being like, oh my God, Lizzie Borden is literally me. Oh my God, Eileen Warnhouse, literally me. Like, I, I don't know if that would necessarily be the wisest of decisions. Right. Uh, you know, metaphor, metaphorical abstraction aside, I think the the death of metaphor there and just literally going, yes, this 
is me is dangerous, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I would consider it scary. If I were hanging out with a guy and that guy was like pumping drinks into me and then he said the words, Patrick Bateman is like so literally me, I would go, wait, what did you say? <laughs> About Patrick Bateman being literally you. Mm -hmm. You know, he's a murderer, right? Yeah. Anyway, so my point is, like, I don't understand what happened where people are just like, I, uh, I, I'm fine with, with the wrongness of the implications of all of this. And with that, we can begin talking about the, the film of the day. Well. Baby Driver. Before even that. We had to do fucking... Uh, who, what are they called? Uh, I will Sponsorships? Sh- shout out. So first of all, I'd like to, sh- to, to shout out uh, Machine Age Production. Machine Age Production. Well, yeah. And their, ha- their RPG hashtag, no, iHunt? No, no, we got the oh, message, wait. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. They're, they're, uh, be- wee-woo, wee-woo, wee-woo. That's right. It's a, it's, a, uh, it's a summer special. We got uh, new sponsor shit news from you today. Uh, tell the people at home what... The deal is what the dealio is. So the dealio is. It's the it's the Knicks festival for Shutter, right? Yeah, yeah. So the the folks over at iHunt are running a fest for fucking Shutter, right? Or they're in a fest for Shutter, some shit. Short and film. I wasn't invited. So it- I, th- I think so. Okay, so they 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 have a short film uh, called Nine on the Knicks Horde Collective Film Festival on right. Shutter. No relation, no, unfortunately. No relation. So, you know, uh, I'm gonna have to chop this up and do horrible things to Why? to get this to 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 sound right. Why? This will be funny. It'll be funnier to hear our disorder well, and our chaos. Yeah, I might just shout out Machines Productions and then do this, the movie thing in the actual ad break. Fair. That sounds. Anyway, I'm done disrupting. Don't the, we have Ambient Dream Studios to say? We we also we like to shout out Ambient Dream Studios. It's an Etsy store. Um, also shout out we have we're both on Twitter. I'm at Angstrom. She's uh, at at, at Nick Spears. Uh, we have a subreddit. Uh, hash our, R our, slash, our slash your take your is take X. Yeah. Um, we have a Twitter. Well, your take is X. Um, <clears throat> all right. I think that's all the shop talk. Sounds like all of it to me now. <clears throat> Edgar Wright. Edgar fucking Wright. So so here's the deal with Edgar Wright, right? Is like he's the most likable guy. Uh, he's super great. Um, Edgar Wright's super nice. Uh, I think everybody I know who's interacted with him has pretty much had a good interaction with him. Mm-hmm. He comes from like this more DIY nerd culture filmmaking Gen X thing. He's kind of the same... He comes from the same camp as, like, a Kevin Smith. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, so, like, Shaun of the Dead, right? Very funny, but also very good at yeah. the whole being about what it's about thing. Right. Uh, same true of Hot Fuzz. Same true of The World's End. Uh, and then, I suppose, at that point, things began to change. So, like... In my mind, okay, Shaun of the Dead, I guess someone could see it as being, like, kind of Sigma male It's about, like, bros, you know, basically before hoes. Yeah. Uh, and so there's that. But, and actually, bros before hoes is a fairly good uh, <laughs> description of a literally <clears throat> me movie. Yeah. Does the movie exhibit a bros before hoes attitude? Then it might be a Sigma male film. Uh, anyway, so uh, Hot Fuzz doesn't really do that because it doesn't deal with women as a concept, which is a great idea. And then The World's End reintroduces the idea of women, but then makes the men so so like older, like older and pathetic that uh-huh. at that point the the women kind of just have a natural domination. Also, Rosamund Pike is in that movie, and she's fucking great. But when it comes to like our boy Edgar Wright's filmmaking, like I don't know. His, his M.O., his ideas, what he's trying to do, mm-hmm. you know. So Scott Pilgrim, right? It's that, that's, like, that's like the definition of this kind of movie, right? right? Where it's like, oh, man, 
that girl is super really cool. I, I, I deserve to possess her, yeah. for it is a man's world. And if I just defeat my inner demons, I will obtain her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know a lot of people are like, that's an uncharitable reading. And I know, and I don't care. Uh, the same is true for Baby Driver. Yeah. And the, the lesson I learned yesterday when watching the film Baby Driver was that, wow, yep, Yepperoni. Yeah, so I think both of us had a pretty positive reaction in the movie the first time we saw it. It was a it was a place in time thing for me. Yeah, I would say. I well, I had, I had a lot of fun watching it with with my dad, and watching it this time was less fun. Well, I feel like I had a good time watching it with my dad. Is like a great way of describing how you could even have appreciated the movie in the first place. Like, right. you had to have seen it through this passive gender roles expectation of like, yes, look, boy, do boy thing, very good, boy, go right. around the track. You know what I mean? Like, it's very like male success. Yeah, dad. Yeah. Um. I had, a, I had a follow-up thought, and then it vanished like like tears in the rain. Uh, Got to sprinkle in a little. Yeah, I, I feel like this movie is kind of like bad Talladega Night. Okay, that was going to be the stupidest joke of the world. Sorry, sorry, I, sorry. Well, it was going to be really, really good. Um, I feel like it's bad drive is what I really ooh, feel like it is. Ooh, okay. Well, hold on now. Well, so that's like a whole conversation, right? <laughs> because like, okay. Because we haven't watched Drive for the podcast yet, but oh man, Drive is like the Sigma male movie. It's like yeah. the movie that every dude is like, that's literally me. Yeah, despite the fact that it's the most, almost the most anti-Sigma male movie. Yeah, well, it's at least the most aware. I think, I think the thing is, like, if you're watching Drive and going, wow, that's literally me... Uh, then, then like, okay, the scorpion jacket thing, right? Yeah. Okay, it's a stupid thing, but because a lot of people wear it because they think it's cool. But, but the thing with the scorpion jacket, right, is that it's a representation of of the masculine preconceived situation, which is like you can be gentle and loving and do that for the longest fucking time, but you still have a tail and a stinger, and if something fucks with you, you will sting them. Right. And like women have a tendency to fear male violence, but also male violence is kind of weirdly inherent. Mm -hmm. And I think that, like, Nicholas Winding Refn has a tendency to want to criticize the concept that male violence is inherent and also play with the effects that that has on society and, and women. Like, that's more or less, in my brain, what that movie is about. Right. This movie is not about that at all. No, well, no, when, when I say it's, like, bad... Drive. I think that Edgar Wright really liked the movie Drive, and wanted to to make his own Drive because there's a bunch of Drive references in the movie. There's a lot of references to, to a to, lot to, of to, things. To a lot of things, right? But like, but but the fact that there are Drive references in the movie about the the slightly off expert driver who is who doesn't really want to be doing crime shit, but is forced by circumstance into crime shit um has and everybody calls him the kid the kid and that he's slow yeah and and like dead parents or parents out of the picture are are, are the drivers parents dead and well see that's the thing drive. nicholas winding refn is one of those good filmmakers you hear about so <laughs> if he was to fridge some characters he wouldn't even bring it up right but uh but uh, Edgar Wright is a, also a very good filmmaker well, in that he is like, yes, I've fridged these characters. Let me remind you six times in the yeah. movie. So anyway, so uh, not to get too bogged down in this, but I, I do feel like um, Drive is a movie that is very similar to Baby Driver. And I, I, I like how it approaches similar concepts more with more maturity. But I think that's the thing with Edgar Wright is he's just like, He's he's just like a dude who makes films and he's not he's just making 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 what makes him happy. Well, okay, the same thing can be said about Kevin Smith. Yeah, but I feel like but but like you said, Edgar Wright I feel like is a more wholesome nice person than Kevin Smith. I mean, well, okay. I think 
I think we're making a lot of judgments more about like the person than his than his work. Right. So but... so like Kevin Smith, right? His movies his movies are almost the reason we started doing this particular season like this because we were like, okay, the, the this this mentality that these movies have, which is that it's a man's world, it should continue to be a man's world. It will always be a man's world. We cannot see the concept of it not being a man's world and everything outside of it like continuing to be a man's world is an inconvenience or it's in the way. Mm-hmm. And like that like Kevin Smith has made that exact same movie over and over and over. Right. I I feel like Edgar Wright has some movies where he doesn't explore that so in depth. But mm-hmm. and I think the reason I'm more inclined to like him than Kevin Smith is that it doesn't feel like it's the bold-faced point. I think more than anything Kevin like Kevin Smith is a writer and when he's writing he only wants to write about how it's a man's world and he's confused by women. Whenever Edgar Wright wants to make a movie, he's like, how can I do a car ballet to a Queen song? Right. And that's way more endearing because it's just like he's a kid with a bunch of money. Yeah. But also, I mean, you know, he is a kid with a bunch of money. That's kind of the attitude. But that's a deflection, too. Because like, then it's like, oh, well, it's this cool car ballet so i don't have to criticize i don't have to think about it's like views on gender roles and where those exist and like is this movie reinforcing some sort of 1950s ass weird way that that like men and women are supposed to interact yeah you know like it doesn't matter that she is a manic pixie dream girl kind of and it doesn't matter that she's like an aggressive woman because he's such a passive guy and the only way that they would ever get together is if like and she were aggressive and he were passive. She's also And just, wouldn't it be nice, boys, if women would do that to you, she's Mr. Also, Incel? She's anyway, also continue. just his mom. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is another element of that. Well, but the fucking thing is, like... See, Edgar Wright is kind of strange in that he's got stuff in this movie that I feel like are, it's almost immature metaphor. Like, okay, Jamie Foxx, right? Mm -hmm. He's kind of Kanye, but he's also the Joker. I mean, very literally his name is bats. Like the idea is that he is chaos incarnate. He is the Joker or whatever. Yeah. Um, And he like enters the movie wearing a, a like King of hearts shirt. Right. Exactly. So like, that in my brain, so there's a dichotomy. Let's call it the dichotomy of black people in Baby Driver. Okay, <laughs> this in this essay, I will. This is called uh-huh. the dichotomy of black people in Baby Driver. We got bats. He's crazy, has a gun, and is black. Yeah. Also wants to kill literally everybody in the movie. Yes, and is unpredictable, and everyone's scared of him. And definitely not because he's black. Yeah, and everyone totally has a plan to kill him. Then we have the foil black person in the dichotomy, mm-hmm. which is uh, Baby Driver's father figure, who he, he is constantly infantilized throughout the movie because he's like a deaf black guy who's kind of like disabled. Yeah. And uh, is like giving him advice, but not really, but telling him what to do, but not really. Is it endearing? I can't tell. It's very strange. Their relationship is very odd. But more than anything, it's fucking infantilizing. Yeah. Where there's not a normal black person just, like, fucking around. You know, it's not like there's just anyway. Yeah. So my point is Kevin Spacey's in the movie. So when Kevin Spacey is in the movie and you've only got the two black people and they are both the, like, dichotomy of stereotypes that black people can be in entertainment, which is to say evil, crude geniuses or like, you know, infantilized. Yeah. One or the other, the way that minorities are often depicted. And then you got Kevin Spacey. So Kevin Spacey is very well known for always being a good dude and never having done anything wrong ever. And no no one has any problems with him in Hollywood. He's also never made a, a threatening uh, video every single Christmas. No, well, and they and a lot of people also say that, like, at the time when this movie was made, nobody could have possibly known that Kevin Spacey was la la la. 
Uh, not true. It turns out many, many people knew for a very long time. Yeah. But that's okay. It's not like that affected Edgar Wright's decision making. And I'm not saying that Edgar Wright did anything wrong by casting him. I also know that like Hollywood casting is often this game about who do you get? Well, that sounds good. If we get this person, we get to make the movie. Uh Ooh, I would love to make the movie. Right. Well, then let's get him. So I get it. Okay, like, I'm not fucked up over it. All I'm saying is that there are only the two black people, and they are both uh, stereotypes. Yeah. And that Kevin Spacey made it into the film. And the main character is an incel, and at no point in the movie does the movie go, like, he's an incel and he's tortured because of this. Instead, it's like, he's an incel and he makes remixes. Yeah. Isn't he quirky? Um, okay, real quick. I'm going to summarize the movie before we go into ads. Okay. Um, okay, so for, for the three people who haven't seen this movie, Baby Driver is about this guy named Baby. Uh, he drives cars really good. Um, he pissed off Kevin Spacey's character by stealing his car. So Kevin Spacey has forced him into indentured servitude, where he now drives for Kevin Spacey's heists. Uh, and he, he has tinnitus, so he has to listen to music, and everything is in the tempo with the music. Um, so the first heist uh, is just like the good successful heist. The second heist is a clusterfuck where a random vigilante is like, well, they're robbing something. I have to stop them. And he just randomly has like three guns in his pickup truck to fight the bank robbers with. And then the third heist, everything goes wrong. And uh, uh, Baby betrays the team. Uh, and tries to escape to get his the girl he finds at the diner who is just his mom and hyper super duper wants him Uh, so he has to go get her and escape but in the process of trying to escape uh, one of the teammate members he betrayed tries to kill him Uh, he then kills him in car ballet to queen and he goes to jail for five years gets out because he's just really a bang up stellar dude and then Go lives happily ever after in his 50s iconic dream state with the girl. Who uh, waited for him. Which yeah. Is, which is like, um, nope. Yeah, but after, anyway, it's no, fine. After having like two dates with him. There's this song <clears throat> by Third Eye Blind called Losing a Whole Year. And it's about how when you waste your time fucking around with one person and just doing nothing, then you'll notice at some point that a year has passed. Then you'll blame your partner for it, even though it's partially your fault for wasting your year with that person. So I feel like uh, that is what waiting five years for (laughs) incel baby driver to get out so you can pwn his dick is probably like. Anyway, let's do some advertisements. Let's do some ads. All right, I got a piece so incredibly bad. So okay, I'm go. I'm going to do that real quick. Okay. I'm going to do the ad without you. Oh, okay. Ugh. Colorado is so fucking cool. I mean, let me tell you what, friends. You can walk in to a building and point, and they'll give you what they have in the store. And I'm not just talking about weed. I'm talking about literally everything. That's right. Capitalism still works here. So if you've got some extra buccarinos, some extra dollars, and you want to go point yourself at some shit, might I recommend you point your little finger at Ambient Dream Studios on Etsy. See, I've been doing a lot of shopping on Etsy lately. I've been looking around, seeing some cute shit that's out there, and oh, man, If you want to decorate those white walls and make those things not look like piss-poor shit like your landlord wants you to look like, then damn, you gotta get yourself some fucking art. And Ambient Dream Studios is, like, pretty much an indie artist doing indie art. I mean, who doesn't want to support that in the year of our Lord, 2022, when capitalism is completely, completely run rampant? I mean, we're talking about a place where you can go in and point to anything in the store and they have to give it to you if you give them money. That's a crime in my brain. So anyway, 
Uh, other cool shit that you can just get these days is access to nine the <laughs> from the people who make hashtag I hunt. Uh, they, they're, uh, our friends, Olivia and Philomena, they follow us. They, they got a short film going on in, in the, uh, the Nick's horror film festival for shutter. And you got to check that shit out. It's, it's like not even too far away. Isn't that right? Are you back? Oh, uh, yes. Um, can you give I, us some deets on that? Yes. I don't actually until, um, more details to more, come. More I'm details sure. To come. But. Keep an eye out on that. Follow them uh, around. Machine Age Productions, like, they're doing all kinds of great shit all the time. They've been our oldest and most devoted sponsor, so big big ups, big thank you to them. And, you know, just because, like, things are this terrible capitalist hellhole where you have to, you know, buy products and services and pimp yourself out to services so that you can continue to have a podcast... These things do suck, but communism is coming and unstoppable. So, patreon.com slash excrements is the place where you can begin to participate in the coming wave of communism and prepare your body for what that's going to be like. It's going to be different, that's for sure. I'm excited. I don't know about you. Anyway, bitch, I'll see you later. I hope that this time around you have some great products in mind that you want to put in your pocket. All right. It's uh comes out August 13th. I, I'm, I'm good at my job. I did the research. Wow. Look at that. Look at me. Holy shit. Look at me. I did good. Wow. And with that, the ad break is over. Concluded. Done. Oh, back to the show. So baby driver. I don't fucking know, man. I can't decide if I think that it's shit or it's kind of okay. I, I well, the thing is, all right. Edgar Wright gets so many passes for being so stylish and being so fun. Yeah. But just because something is an excuse for these things to happen and that those things are in and of themselves meant to be the message, I mean, in almost a McLuhanist sense, I don't necessarily think that the, the distanglement of story and fun should occur. I am of the mind that the best kind of fun is that which is informed by good storytelling. Do yeah, you agree? I do. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, there's all these pieces to the movie, right? You know, yes. or any movie, like it's just any movie ever, you know, there's, <coughs> there's like the music, the audio design, what's happening on screen, the acting, like whatever. So baby driver, like, I don't know the official term of like what you would call that, what encompasses the like, you know, what makes the movie fun. Mise-en-scene. The mise-en-scene of the movie is all, is like very, very good. And that like, that's one thing that like Edgar Wright has always done very well is all of his movies like just feel good. Like the, like the mise-en-scene and all of his movies are really good. Yes. And I, I would agree with you. And so, but you know, I don't think he's, had as he he just doesn't put as much effort into having as solid a story as he could have. Well, I feel like his tendency is to write a relatable male story, which is just, but he also wants to, I, I don't know. Okay. I feel like every, um, every dude wants this, right? And I'm not going to complain at any, at any level for dudes making dude stories about dudes for dudes to teach dudes how to dude in a good way. Yeah. I'm not complaining about that. But, like, I'm not necessarily saying that every movie needs to be this flaccid, men need to get out of the way because women are coming in. Yeah. Like, I'm not necessarily saying that either, but I'm saying that, like, we have, a, we have another story with a vaguely passive male protagonist who has a tendency to show up places but doesn't necessarily know how to manifest his dreams nor does he care he needs a woman to do it for him right well the same is true of high fidelity the same is true and, of and after after the other f- films yeah well after the first heist he stops being good at driving he starts making a lot of mistakes like he lose so imme- like immediately in the film he kind of stops being good at the one the what the the bit of the of one the thing movie. we're told he's very very good at we, and so that was something i noticed on 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 this watch watching is like 
damn, like, for being, like, the best driver, he kind of just starts to fuck up all the time, and no one says anything about that. I once, uh, when I was in film school, okay, I'm going to get in trouble for this, so if somebody gets mad at me, I'm sorry, but this is the secret, I guess. But, so one time in film school, uh, I sat through a meeting with Pixar. This isn't a joke. Uh, <laughs> this is not a joke. I want to reiterate, I was in a room with 40 other people and we were in a meeting for Pixar. They were recruiting for 3D animation. Now, I'm not amazing at 3D animation. I'm a lot better at story. Uh-huh. But, so luckily, I, they, they had people there that were also working on story teams. So mm-hmm. the idea was that I was going to work for Pixar as story team, or at least I was going to try. And then I sat through this meeting, and at the end of it, I was so upset that I decided not to. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not a joke. That's very literally what happened. Um, so uh, so I'm, I'm in this meeting in the... In the lead story guy from Pixar. I can't remember his name at the time, but he's up there uh, talking. He's giving a PowerPoint presentation. He's like, you know, the story stuff is uh, pretty easy. You know, it's not that hard what we do. Um, Most of the stuff we are focused on is our technology division. If we're talking story, the idea is usually this. We want to do something with a relatable protagonist, right? Mm-hmm. A character that represents, like, a good smattering of kids. Right. Or at least something that kids are thinking about. And then we want to show them doing something they're really good at. And then over the course of it, they have to learn how to take their passion and turn it into a career. Uh, uh, why, why'd you just ruin, ruin Pixar movies for me? <laughs> well, and, and I was just like, ah! And I like, had to run screaming from the room. Uh, it was uh, not great. So my point with this is that Baby Driver is a movie that starts with a relatable protagonist. You know, he's representing something that a lot of males feel right now. And we show him doing something he's really good at. All right? He's, like, real good at driving. Uh Uh-huh. But the movie challenges his ability to drive, thus putting in question his desires for a long-term successful sociological future versus a dead-end career with his passion. Does that make any sense? I so that makes that does make sense, but I I I so but I feel like what is tr- what what Edgar Wright is trying to convey. Well, and, 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 and yes, that is like 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 that is you you are correct. I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not trying to no, say no, you're no, not no. correct. No, 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 I'm not. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. saying in this film, the vehicle for that is he realizes that armed robbery is violent and that th- it's, it's not even that he's up like up it's like he's upset about that but it also throws him off his game but at where when the story takes place he is finishing out his indentured servitude and it's right. like so the first heist of the movie he wasn't that bothered by it and now and so it's just and now it's it's like it's beginning to bother him yeah, now at the at the end he shows like a case full of tapes which is to imply that he's done like hundreds of these jobs yes and he hasn't seen one person get shot yeah come on so like bullshit yeah (laughs) just that that element of like him being bad at that was just like why would you i don't know his moral code is very it 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 clicks into place at a very in a very opportune moment let's say but like if you're involved in that like you're and i feel like narratively the story or i don't i i don't don't know how it would make more sense but it's just like that's not the more you do something the more numb you become to the consequences of that of those actions See, that's how I feel. I feel like you don't like if I you're... feel something would challenge the numbness more than anything. Yeah. I don't know. And so 
that I don't, that's just a, an element of the movie that that that's tied into what you're talking about that kind of annoyed me um on this rewatch yeah um well and then like another it's just like like another weird thing about the story of the film that was to me was when um during the second robbery they like fuck up a a uh, a cop or a an armored truck driver and this random i think they talk about him being like a veteran or a soldier it's like i'm gonna stop this and he like opens his like glove box pulls out uh, a gun and starts shooting at them and then they 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 have the scene where they're trying to escape this gunman recklessly chasing after them in a pickup and then there's like a scene where he he like reaches he, he like runs out of ammo for his handgun and then sitting in the seat is apparently a loaded and ready to go submachine gun. Oh, like right. an MPX that he grabs and just like hoses this other, like the pickup the main characters are in with. And it's like, why the fuck is this, is Joe Schmo veteran like rolling up to a gas station or with whatever fucking... with, with a loaded and in, in cocked handgun and PDW or submachine gun? It's like because it's America, haha. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just like it's like why the fuck is he in the movie? Like this just doesn't. It's like it's like why didn't you have like like the fucking armed guards that they were that they that they like were going after chase after them or like why not have like another scene where the cops show up? Yeah. Why? Why? Is the random vigilante to try to make baby like feel worse about what he does? Well, and you know, you're right. The movie is terrible. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say the movie's terrible. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's but, just I'm 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 reinforcing the the bit we're talking about, where where, where the mise en scène <laughs> of the movie is very good, and some of the story elements and story beats are not not as thoroughly crafted. The the nuances of the movie distract you from the core elements, and I think if you were, it's it's a movie that's trying to distract you with beautiful trees, so that you don't see the forest. It's it, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm I don't know. I mean, it's it's not like Baby kills a black guy and and <laughs> and shoots somebody point blank with a gun. Uh. <laughs> it's not like that happens in the oh uh yeah there there is a moment where where baby is like geez i gotta kill this black guy what do i do and then he like sits there and contemplates how he's gonna do it premeditated then when bats gets in the car he kills him he does not hesitate and so it's just sort of like, you know, moment scenes earlier, we're watching him be like, we're watching him be kind of um, horrified by the concept of graphic violence. Right. And then a couple scenes later, he's like, I'm going to ram my car into this piece of wood killing this guy. Well, uh, that I'm that I've that I have unnuanced stereotyped over immediately before he he kills premeditatedly kills Jamie kills bats he he sees someone who he decides to take pity on about to go into the post office they're robbing and he waves them off and they go and get a cop and so like the reason that that everybody that that everybody had or needed to die was because he he like let the post office know so he also is is responsible for the death of the cop well he also distracts kevin spacey at a crucial moment and then kevin spacey takes a shotgun blast to the head or some shit like 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 (laughs) to to the side so so my point in all of this is that baby driver baby uh the character of baby is an immoral murderer who kills everyone on earth and is the (laughs) sole responsibility for uh everything and basically does it because they called him uh slow yeah. He he in it, okay, here's my theory, right? My pet theory. Okay, literally me. I keep a suitcase full of weirdo remix tapes of people calling me like ableist slurs. 
so that one day when I retaliate in a horrifically violent way, uh, there will in no way be a motivation that anyone could look at and go, oh, this is why Baby murdered all the people. Yeah. So the thing is, like, yes, I understand that the movie is about Baby, an incel who has to get out of uh, indentured servitude from Kevin Spacey, which is shockingly like real life, it turns <laughs> out, for Kevin Spacey. Uh, and, uh, and so it's autobiographical. Uh, and uh, and in, in, I understand that this is the thing, but also he, he, he objectively uh, killed everyone because they called him ableist slurs. Yeah, yeah. Uh- so I'm going to take a little bit of time uh, to talk about the the best part of Baby Driver. Uh-huh. So there's a scene where they do a thing. Oh, no, they, 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 they're, they're buying guns, and then Bats realizes that cops are selling them guns. May, you, I, saw, I, I saw the recognition of what I'm going to say. Tell. <laughs> um, and so Bats kills all the cops who are selling them guns, and they they go back to Kevin Spacey, and it, he's like sitting in a dark room, and the lights turn on, and he says, "Bananas, bananas is a code word." Yes, <laughs> he says bananas in a very sure-handed way. Now I understand that Edgar Wright is very funny. See, Paul Williams is also in the movie, and that's also very funny. But uh, and 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 having Kevin Spacey say bananas was definitely the sole purpose for that moment in the film. But I do think we should gif it, and when Kevin Spacey eventually uh, gets hanged for his crimes, we should just all uh, reply with bananas. that gif that just says bananas, because this is bananas. Well. B a n a n a s. Um, this shit is bananas. But it's just, it's it's like there's a serious moment in the film. Where there's this like gunfight. Baby realizes that he's gonna have to kill people to escape a situation, and then they immediately jump from that to bananas. Yes, bananas uh, is a code word. Well, see, I I see. This is a this is that mise en scène thing. Is is Edgar Wright is very good at tone. Uh, he's very good at pace. He's very good at rhythm. He's he's good at all the things that matter. He's very the the reason that a lot of people call him a stylish filmmaker is because he's a stylish filmmaker. Uh, mm-hmm. His movies are very stylish, but uh, content wise, I find okay. I like Shaun of the Dead. I've seen it many times. Now, am I out here trying to watch it all the time? I don't know. I'm kind of over it. Hot Fuzz, in my opinion, is kind of funnier. But mostly just because I think cops suck. <laughs> and then uh, The World's End is cool, but it's that movie that you watch with your depressed 40-year-old friend <laughs> who's like, this movie's so fucking relatable! And you're over there going, geez, I can't wait to die. And you're, like, <laughs> drinking. And, uh, and then, like, Scott Pilgrim is the movie that you watch with your, like, 17-year-old cousin who's like, oh, my gosh, I, I, I wish I knew a girl with pink hair. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could date a goth girl. <laughs> uh, so, so there's that. And then this movie is, like, it just toes the... It, it, it's, it's the death of metaphor. It's, it's literally just kind of the the incel movie that that mm-hmm. is in the bunch like it's just the movie about the quiet violent guy yeah who has to do it to protect his woman but, um yeah and and okay and where so, and where like i what i like about drive with that is is he faces the consequences of his actions like he right. does violence he like that that he thinks is necessary and it drives people away cuz they were like because it's like, oh shit, that's like, I don't, I don't know if I want to be around someone with that, with yeah. that pension like, for violence. Pension. Whereas Baby Driver, he has this pension, and then she waits five years for him to get out of jail. Yeah. And sorry, I interrupted you. Well, no, what it's okay. It, it it really wants to do the whole they ride off into the sunset ending, but like, yeah, I I feel like I feel like we should probably end that off with exploring like, okay, so. The movie is objectively about a male who is pipelined into violence. Uh, a, a, a male who is not getting any 
who is pipelined into violence. By Kevin Spacey, which is... <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> so, so like... So, like, that's common. Uh, the, the thing is, though, at the end of the violence, though, there's not, like, a woman waiting to ride through the... You know, it's very Valhalla. It's val- very, like... You, if you go, you're being pipelined into violence, but if you respond to that violence with violence, you will meet yourself in Valhalla. And also women will love you. <laughs> exactly. Not true, by the way. Every time I have ever met a murderer, I have been like, I cannot fuck you. <laughs> um, I don't... Uh, you don't know what to say about I that. I don't know what to. I, I don't know where to go from that. Okay, that's fine. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to. I don't want. I feel like everybody's gonna be really, really, really sour about this. Right. Like everybody's gonna be like, uh, they made some pretty far jokes about this movie. Uh, this movie is objectively not that bad. And the the reality is, the movie not that bad. Not that bad. It's just. It's it's one of those movies where if you squint in a in a certain way, it looks kind of fucky weird. It's and just like all of these movies, like the Sigma Male movies, is like they have a tendency to be like either they're satirizing this this perspective or this person, or they're trying to criticize it, and it's being it's it's falling on deaf ears, or it's it's doing something fun that everybody likes. And subtly endorsing that. Yeah. It's and like, so this one is the one that's like fun and everyone likes it, but it's kind of subtly endorsing that. Yeah. It's, it's, there's this like meme where, where this guy is like, it's like someone's wearing a mask and he's like, wow, cool mask. I wonder what's under it. And he like lifts the mask up and he's like, hmm, let's leave that on. Yeah. And see, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's like you pop open the hood and it's like, hmm, let's just put this back down. Now I'd like to tell you a story. Okay, I'd like to hear a story. It's it's not it has nothing to do with Baby Driver, but everything to do with Edgar Wright. Okay, okay. So Edgar Wright and I have interacted on Twitter a couple of times. It was cool, uh, just in replies. Uh huh. Um, but specifically, a long time ago, I was a seasoned reader of Edgar Wright's blog on film, and occasionally he wrote about music. And his music articles were really fascinating, which is almost why I really wanted to see Baby Driver because uh-huh. like having everything set to music was kind of cool and stylish, but also that was kind of Edgar Wright's MO anyway. Like he was already kind of doing that. So I was already appealed to his like usage of music and what he was doing with it. Uh-huh. So whenever he wrote about music, I was fascinated and I always read it. And I famously read an article that Edgar Wright wrote about Ariel Pink. <laughs> In the year of our Lord, 2012, right before the allegation, like right before, well, not the allegation, right before everything, because like there was, there was like six fucking things that happened one thing after another with Uh Ariel Pink that were like super yikes. But the funny thing was, is like, I didn't know that Ariel Pink was controversial in any way. I had only read the article that Edgar Wright had written uh-huh. and bought his music and got into him through that. So my experience of Ariel Pink was almost entirely through the lens that Edgar Wright told me he was cool. Wow. And na- and, and then skip to a decade later, and Ariel Pink was at the fucking insurrection, right? He was at J- he was at the January sixth fucking insurrection. Uh, so my point is like it's super weird how these things have a tendency to kind of parallel themselves. Like no, Baby Driver has nothing to do with the January sixth insurrection, right? But like the same sort of person who would consume Baby Driver and be like, that's my favorite movie, might also be the same kind of person who's like, Ariel Pink, now that's my favorite musician. And that person might also be like, well, Trump did actually win that election. Let's go (laughs) kill some people. So it's just funny how these lines and dots have a tendency to get drawn. Now, is that Edgar Wright's fault? Absolutely not. But the coincidence is not a coincidence. 
it's cause and effect. Right. They're, these aren't random chants. You know, and I'm not necessarily saying that, that Edgar Wright in any way is responsible, nor I suppose is Ariel Pink towards Edgar Wright. But I am saying that, like, the same is true of the needle drop, right? So many people that the needle drop has had around happen to just so happen to have at one point been maybe white supremacists. It's not a big deal, and it's not the needle drop's fault. But it does have a tendency to be a thing, and it has a tendency to be a thing in music, but it also has a tendency to be a thing in music that is quote-unquote good, which is to say it's talked about on the 4chan board, Moo, which is where Edgar Wright more than likely learned about a lot of really cool, groovy music, like Ariel Pink. The Return of the Moo board, part two. (laughs) So my point is... Baby Driver looks like it's not a Moo Board movie in the same way that High Fidelity is, but maybe, secretly, what if it was, though, right? Because it kind of feels like it's possible, based on just Edgar Wright's tendency towards music recommendations that I have seen, he does have a tendency to like a lot of 4chan music, in the same way that The Needle Drop has a tendency to like a lot of 4chan music. Right. And those 4chan music places have a tendency to do a lot of insurrections. So... My and and they also all have a tendency to be incels and talking about incels and being about incels and they're all like, what do we do about this big problem about young men who do not get the pussy? Have you considered violence? <laughs> have you considered more misogyny? Well, and I, I don't know. It it is kind of odd how many movies we seem to get or seem to be endorsed regularly about guys who don't get laid, but do kill a lot of people. (laughs) Yeah. Even if by not choice. And I think that's the thing that everybody's going to be like, well, you know, Baby didn't choose to kill any of these people. It's not like he chose to to live this life. You can't really blame him for that. But the thing is... I can blame Edgar Wright, who wrote the movie. Well, his I, penchant to make like an incel do violence is kind of interesting. I also think through <laughs> Baby's direct choices, he he like he caused most of the problems in the film because he just stopped being a good driver. Like he, I don't know. Uh, but that's I hate it when when men stop giving a shit. Yeah. It's a movie about how when a man stop get, stops giving a shit, everything falls apart. God damn it. God damn it. Um, <laughs> all right. I, I, don't, I don't think we have time to, 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 to dive into that. No. I, so. I am giving the most gross misinterpretations of Baby Driver today just to piss off just the YouTube off comments, the comments in specific because last time they were like so <laughs> sensitive about the moo board stuff. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's fine. We can all take a joke, right, uh, guys? So. So, is it gold or is it shit? We, I, I, I do declare at this very moment a a third category. Ah, uh, I do declare meh. What if we call it mid? Mid. I don't see. Well, mid seems demeaning and i like demeaning (laughs) right i want i want the if we have a third category it has to also be spiteful that's i don't so either it's the greatest thing ever it's the worst thing ever or eh, take it or leave it it fuck it i don't know i just i just it it gets punished for being mid i i'm gonna like this is a boomer take but i don't like mid as lingo but it it works. Wow, that is I, a boomer take. That is I'm a boomer take. That. Yeah. Uh, I, I I apologize. And in, 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 so we're gonna go in, with meh. You want meh? No, no, we're gonna go with mid. I'm just I'm just. Saying. Oh, we are gonna go with mid. Yeah. Oh, so May wins. Yeah. I mean, if we're gonna make it a fight. All right. Okay. Well, there you go. It's not like I. Anyway. So yeah. So are you gonna go with mid? Mid. Yeah. I'm gonna but go I with. Don't, I don't want to be spiteful about it, but mid. Well, I think it's the shittiest thing I've ever seen. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm also going to go mid, uh, which is kind of... I feel like this is a cop-out that we have we've done this now. But... Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think so because because like the movie has. We've talked about there is there is some goodness. We've talked in about nuance, the, the good we like in the movie. We we talked about how we like the mise en scene. We don't like 
a lot of the narrative and story story choices, and and there's a, there's an inherent conflict between the mise en scene and the the narrative of the film, and I think that that duality lets us put it in. Eh, mid- so so, my thing I think just to bounce off this a little bit is that even when this movie does something that's good that I like, I can't stop giving it the side eye. Uh-huh. And that's why I'm going to go mid. Because I don't trust it. It's a little goon. I don't trust it. Uh-huh. I don't know what it wants, and I don't know what it wa- is trying to do. Uh, other than just like be like, you know, feel me, boys. Uh-huh. So... <laughs> Uh, is it is it as responsible for uh, for violent crime against women like Scott Pilgrim is? Probably not. Uh, but then again, nothing really is. Um, I feel like Scott Pilgrim is probably the number one most uh, like cited reason for uh, college violence against women. Yeah, I it's. I think when when people are like, "Where's your manifesto?" They're like, "Well, have you seen Edgar Wright's film Scott Pilgrim versus the World?" Yeah, that's my manifesto. It look, Baby Driver is objectively like a manifesto, like, but but Scott Pilgrim is way more of a manifesto. Yeah, but Hot Fuzz is the most of a manifesto. Is it? Yes, but that's why that one's really kind of fun because like. It's just so violently unhinged. Well, I guess against a, the police, well, which is even more fun, and, also, and boomers. And also, yeah, it, it's. I, I guess it is a manifesto. But at the end of the day, the I do think they. Quo. Well, yeah, but at the end of the day, they do continue to endorse the police. So that kind of sucks. Yeah. Um. Oh well, it's not like that has serious problems, and the only reason that you would feel that way is if you were white. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, so it's time to get on the old dusty trail. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to say to these these uh, Patreon.com slash excrement, and we'll see y'all later. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you can't donate to us for giving uncharitable readings of popular films that literally everyone likes, then, like, what else is there to do with your money? <laughs> I don't know. I'll see you later. See you later. I'm leaving.